Hey there, people willing to listen to this thing. Welcome to the penultimate episode of this first season of I Wrote You a Pilot. When I started this project, my plan was to take a break whenever the TV hotshots offered me a standard rich and famous contract, or I was able to once again return to live stage performances, or I had completed 10 episodes. And seeing as this is episode number nine, we're getting real close to the most depressing of those three options. On the bright side, my guest today is an absolutely delightful human being named Joe Anderson. Joe is a veteran of the Second City, where he toured and was a main stage understudy on the Detroit stage. He's currently the artistic director of the Comedy Project in Grand Rapids, Michigan. He's a coffee and barbecue enthusiast, and he's toured colleges and comedy festivals across North America, along with yours truly as part of the action-adventure sketch comedy group, The Don't We Boys. The man has successfully made a living being funny for a while now and has been a personal role model of mine as a performer, writer, and all-around creative. We briefly talk about stories of redemption in television and then roll into the pilot I wrote for him entitled, Joe It All. It's a pilot, wrote you a pilot, a pilot I wrote for you. Hi, Joe. Little old, little old me? Yep, it's you. It's you. It's, I wrote. I wrote a pilot just for you. Oh my gosh, this is and that happens, right? Because like you hear about people making movies and they're like, "Oh, I always had, you know, uh, whatever Ryan Reynolds in mind for this part." Right. And so, yeah, I guess now I now I know exactly how Ryan Reynolds feels. It's the same exact. Like when you look in the mirror, you probably also yep. get that full Ryan Reynolds experience. <laughs> yep. All right. All, all you got to do is start a gin company, and uh, <laughs> that's where the money is. It is apparently alcohol sales. It's really the only yeah. thing keeping anything afloat. Yep. And then, uh, yeah. And then, even if that like becomes remotely problematic, they're like, "Well, then we'll just make it alcohol that you can't drink, and it's for your hands." Oh, yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Just, that's just necessary now. Yeah. So you're up in Michigan. Has it has it started getting cold there yet? That's uh, uh, every day uh, I wake up and. Come Thank on, God it's, that it's not... August. <laughs> uh-huh. it's That's August. what I'm saying. Yeah, it's not getting cold here okay. yet. Okay. Uh, um, yeah, it's it's good. Um, where I, I kind of live by these woods, and so yesterday was this like snow white situation where I see I see there's like a turtle on this little sidewalk, and then I saw a baby bunny, and then I saw a big woodpecker, and then I saw two deer. And this friend of mine, Kristen, was there when the deer went by, and she starts going, ah, 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 ah. <laughs> like she's. You live in a the, fantasy cottage. Yep, bringing the woodland creatures. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah. All right, so uh, let's talk about some of your television interest a little bit, because uh, sure. you've got you've got some real good shows that you like to watch in general. Yeah. And, uh, you listed Arrested Development, the. The yeah. British version of the office, the original. Right. And I don't and 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 that said, I mean, I do think that the American version of the office is very funny, but I you know, I saw the I saw the British version first. So even then, like in a lot of people I don't think know that like at least the first episode of the American Office is an episode from the British office. Yes. Which is so weird to watch. And so I think because you know, it's like I was—I was already in love with the British Office, and so when the American one came off, I was like, "Oh yeah, it's cute." They're just doing um, the same thing, right? Yeah, without accents. No right. thanks. <laughs> um, <laughs> they're both sure, like 
you know subtle and awful in the, right. you know, the type of people they portray but the british one is definitely more subtle and more awful right and <laughs> so I a lot love more it. bite for some reason yeah just with the people that are doing it yeah it's just less yeah it's less whatever conciliatory i think mm-hmm. you know some of the things that they do and less less forgiving and yeah just more brutal and right and it definitely in the first episode it definitely feels like the the employees are already just so tired of Ricky Gervais's character. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They've already been, it's like that great uh, note from TJ and Dave about improv where they're, they're like, you know, when we're doing a scene, we, you know, we try to really take the stance that, you know, these people's lives have already been happening and they'll happen right. after the scene is over. And I think that's interesting. Yeah. With, I never thought about that, but with the British office, like that episode one, like they've hated him for a while. So long. <laughs> the cameras just happen to show up now. Right. Both Arrested Development and the UK office have a little bit, especially in the first season is like that save, save the branch, save the business <laughs> kind of storyline that yeah. happens a lot. Yeah. I do. I mean, I'm, I'm a sucker for redemption. So uh-huh. I guess and that. Which folds into the other show you listed, The Last Old. OG. Oh yeah. I which, forgot that I listed that. Yeah, I had not watched it until I did for this. <laughs> yeah, it's it, I just think it's so and actually I started watching that and um uh Southside and they're so like authentic, like they feel mm-hmm. like these are real people um and just and like still the, hilarious and still so funny like it like the essence of the idea of a situational comedy like they're not right. forcing a bunch of stuff it's just these people in this room and what happens mm-hmm. yeah, yeah last og i think i partly got into it i mean trisha morgan's super funny and then um that woman that we worked with uh tracy ashley, tracy ashley uh with the don't we boys uh is one of the writers on it. And I think she has a couple little cameos as well. Oh, nice. But she's one of the writers. Yeah. So like, cause when I watched it, I was like starting like right away. I was like, Oh, this is, this is really funny. And, but I was a little surprised you had listed it as like one of your favorite until the coffee shop came into play. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> now I see why Joe put this on. <laughs> it's got all his great loves, comedy and coffee. Well, I partly, of course, I also didn't want, because if I just listed like Arrested Development and the British Office, you'd be like, wait, has he watched TV in 10 years? Right. And so I figured I better list a new one too. But I think a lot of people haven't, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. especially in the current environment. People are just re-watching so many things that are familiar to them. Yeah. You know what else is really funny? Did you watch that Search Party show? Nope. Was it TBS? Dude, man, at least the first season. It's so funny. My okay. gosh. It's, um, uh, oh, it's maybe from Arrested Development. It's about uh, a bunch of shitty people in New York and um, and it's really funny. Shows with some shitty people are always a good <laughs> laugh. <laughs> I think it's like, a, it's like all shitty people and then her. You know, like yeah. one person with some kind of like a moral the, compass. The one redemption, like Ma- Michael in Arrested Development. All right. Well, you want to you wanna jump into this pilot I wrote for you? Uh, who, who doesn't? That's right. All right. <laughs> and I don't uh, know how it ends. I don't know how it ends yet. I didn't, well, I didn't, yeah, I didn't finish yeah, it. Yeah, if you got halfway through, you're going to be surprised at some of the characters <laughs> you have to play. <laughs> 
Right. We open on a bustling coffee shop. People are staring at their phones, typing on MacBooks, uh, loudly expressing moral outrage to people who are guaranteed to agree with them, and a few are even drinking, you know, uh, just some coffee. All right, our hero, Joe Anderson, stands behind the counter putting the finishing touches on a drink. Uh, I've got a delicious latte for Dorian. One painstakingly made latte for Dorian. Hey, special treat for both the eyes and mouth of Dorian. An emo goth guy walks up and grabs a cup. Oh, cool, you drew a leaf in it. Yeah, I did, because I care, Dorian. I care about coffee, and I care about you as a person, even if I never see you again. Oh, thanks. Uh, That's simultaneously the nicest and most ominous thing a barista has ever said to me. The quality of your coffee sets an expectation for the rest of your day. Oh, you know, I was actually considering some at-risk behavior all too common of aimless young adults my age, but, but thanks to this small act of kindness, I think I'll hold off. You'd be surprised how many times I've heard that exact sentence. Is your manager around? Uh, I, I'd like to inform them that you helped me feel connected to the rest of the world for the first time in my life. Oh, I don't work here. Just then, someone who actually works at the store, Timothy, walks out from the back room. Uh, damn it, Joe. How many times do I have to tell you you can't just be helpful? It's not how this store or the world works. Well, I was only a little helpful. I also ate one of the cookies from the display case. We don't sell cookies. I baked them this morning. I snuck them in when no one was looking. You guys should really pay better attention to which side of the counter the customers are on. Joe takes a bite of an oversized cookie and walks to the other side of the counter to resume his normal job of coffee shop customer. I, I wasn't back here because I, I had to take a call in the office. Well, hopefully it wasn't a call to action. No, no, just a phone call. Okay, good. I mean, as long as it's not some kind of inciting incident that will intrude upon my current zone of comfort. Joe takes an oversized bite of the remaining cookie. I I can't imagine that it would, since it has nothing to do with you. The owner is just selling the coffee shop to some big chain. Joe blows (laughs) cookie dust into Uh, Timothy's face. Tim, we can't let that happen. We have to save the store. Uh, I I actually thrive in a more rigid and structured corporate-style environment, so I'm actually looking forward to the shift. So what you're saying is it's up to me then? No, I wasn't saying that. I mean, you you don't even work here. But if I'm going to toss off my nice guy cape and dive headfirst into the cutthroat corporate business world, then I'm going to need some fuel. You mind if I hop back there and make myself a mocha? You can order a mocha. Okay, but do you mind using the beans I brought in from home? You guys don't really have the best coffee beans. That might be why we're not a successful business. Joe acknowledges this and then produces a bag of coffee beans, which Timothy grabs from his hands and begins making a mocha. And also, if you just if you angle the picture a little more, you'll get more of a microphone. Oh, that's, that's, some, that's actually some good advice. All right, as Joe continues to offer some helpful barista tips, uh, we cut to the theme song. Joe, he's a friend you might not know. If you need an espresso, he'll brew you one to go. And even though he's not in the band, he'll unload the whole band. Life's too short to not offer your support. They might think he lost his mind, but he's a crazy sort of kind. He's like Sam to life's Roto. His name is Joe. All right. Uh, the music is the music is done now, so uh, we'll keep rolling along. 
Speaking of rolling, we come back to see Joe, now in a suit, on a bike! He sips a mocha as he rides up to a skate park. Uh, just as he arrives, his best bud slash teenage mentee, played by a man in his late 30s, AJ Schrader, flies over the top of the half bike. He does some kind of awesome skateboard trick while simultaneously eating Doritos, because, uh, you know, you don't even, you don't always need your hands for skateboards. A lot of times you, you, you just use your feet. All right, he lands next to Joe. Uh, hey, Joe, uh, did you see how high up I got? I was like an owl with human hands. That was impressive. I'd offer you a sip of this mocha in celebration of your achievement, but since you're a teenage mentee instead of a 38-year-old man, it might stunt your growth. Ah, uh, well, the ability to do mind-defying aerial maneuvers is its own reward. I, I finally landed that, that circle-degree foot-punch turnover thing. Yeah, one day you're going to have to learn the actual name of at least one trick. <laughs> I'm just a teenager, Joe. There's plenty of time for learning, my dude. Uh, so, so what's with the suit? Are you finally ready to give my X-Game-style revival of how to succeed in business without really trying an attempt? Uh, have you gotten John Larroquette to agree to reprise the role of Bigley? No. Well, there's your answer. I'm wearing the suit because I've got a business pitch that will hopefully save one of the 30 small independent coffee shops I regularly hang out at. Wouldn't it be easier to just host a mind-blowing rooftop BMX and skateboard exhibition so we could raise enough money to buy the coffee shop ourselves? AJ, you're just a teenager, but one day you'll grow up and realize mind-blowing rooftop BMX and skateboard exhibitions are a great backup plan. Oh. But they can't always be your first option. That sounds like sellout suit talk to me. Oh yeah? Could a sellout do this? <laughs> Joe tosses his bike into the air. He then jumps into the air after it, grabs a hold of it midair, and somehow removes the front wheel before it hits the ground. So that when it lands, he's basically using it like an even more difficult-to-balance unicycle. He turns to AJ. Huh? Huh? Is that something a sellout could do? No. No, that's definitely not something someone who gets paid for their craft would ever think is a good idea. <laughs> so yeah, I, I guess you're still a real artist. I'm, I'm sorry. Well, if you're really sorry, you'll organize the backup BMX show while I tackle the business angle. Oh, that's a huge challenge and responsibility for a teenager such as myself. AJ, I believe in you. <sighs> In that case, I'll give it a shot. AJ turns to the rest of the park. Hey guys, uh, you want to do the same thing we're doing here uh, at a coffee shop later? I'll pay you in Doritos. Well, I see no downside uh, to this. Yeah, those chips are another level. Uh, as long as I don't have to go back to my present home life, I'll hang out where anywhere, yeah, etc. <laughs> Done. Nice. But you should also try to get a celebrity or something. People like pizzazz. Joe backflips onto his bike while Simon stands sliding the front tire back into place and begins to ride towards his meeting as AJ calls after him. Uh, all right, fine, but it won't be John Lorquette. I don't want to set up that expectation. Also, he has a restraining order against me, so it, it, it's going to be someone different. All right, cut to interior, a business-style office a little bit later. Current owner of the coffee shop, uh, George, a Richard Kind type, sits uh, in a hotshot corporate office ready to sign some papers. Even though he is right on time, the hotshots want to drive home the fact that their time is the most valuable. In the meantime, George sits awkwardly while the posh receptionist Jeffrey stares at him unblinkingly. So, uh, do you guys buy a lot of small independent coffee shops or is mine the first? I can't answer that. I have NDA. Uh, oh, I, I I would not do I would not do uh, well with one of those. I, I I tell people pretty much everything. Sounds like you're a terrible businessman. Oh, I I, I am. Yes, yes, yeah. In, in fact, I I've already personally called all my employees and told them that I'd be selling the business even though nothing has actually been signed yet. I I I bet that almost never actually happens in life. 
Uh, it does not. Also, uh, you should have definitely not told me that. Having already committed emotionally puts you at a real disadvantage from a negotiating standpoint. Uh, Jeffrey picks up his phone and begins typing something to his superiors. Oh, I'm actually still kind of uh, hoping a random do-gooder will burst in in with a plan that will save the shop without me having to resort to a corporate buyout. Uh, Just then, we hear the sound of someone struggling to open the door. Uh, This building is designed to avoid that type of scenario. Uh, I have to buzz people in. We see Joe struggling to try and open the door. Uh, I, I, I personally wouldn't be able to tell if someone was uh, just trying to bust in and save a small business or uh, just just here for a meeting. Uh, it's really not that hard. Oh. Uh, hey, hey, George, I- I'm here with a plan to save your small business. Uh, tell the guy to buzz me in. Oh, uh, hey, maybe I should just uh, pop outside real fast. <laughs> you might miss your meeting. Oh, are, are they ready to see me? I can't answer that. I have a non-disclosure agreement, remember? Uh, oh, right. So is that your response to, to every question? Jeffrey stares at him silently for a long beat of uncomfortable silence. Joe watches uncomfortably from the other side of the door. Uh, looks like you guys are having a long beat of uncomfortable silence. I'll find my own way in to avoid being part of that. Joe pulls out a multi-tool and begins to unscrew the door latch mechanism. <laughs> <laughs> Exterior, the side of the highway. AJ is skateboarding along the side of the road with the indomitable energy of a teenager as cars go whizzing by. Their angry drivers, who have long forgotten the sensation of feeling young, free, and invincible, yell at him as they pass. <laughs> hey, get off the highway, you teenage maniac! Yeah, this is the place where cars go, not skateboards! I support the general sentiment of fuel-free travel, but I have problems with your execution! As AJ approaches the highway sign that reads, Hollywood, California, 2,229 miles, he momentarily stops scooting, or uh, boarding skating i'm not what's is there a just like a one word verb of that i know skateboarding works but uh, yeah i want some brevity here oh anyways he stops forward momentum as well as backward momentum for a second and looks up at the side ah good thing i got these teenage legs but i wish there was a closer place to find celebrities to be part of a bmx slash skateboard extravaganza yet another car drives by to yell at this youth Hey, kid, stop wishing for things. Oh, uh, oh, could you guys stop yelling at me? I'm trying to save a coffee shop. Upon, upon hearing this, the car immediately slams on the brakes and skids over to the shoulder. A large, soul-crushing adult steps out of the car. You're trying to save a coffee shop? Why didn't you say something earlier? Well, I, I feel like I brought it up pretty immediately, and this our first ever interaction, random driver number four. As an adult, I've used coffee as my sole motivator in life for a while now. It helped fill the void as I stopped feeling young, free, and invincible. As a teenager, I don't relate to that at all, but I appreciate the fact that you're no longer yelling at me. It kind of makes me feel like a grown-up boy. Hey, if coffee's in trouble, I want to help. Scratch that. I need to help, because I'm incredibly addicted to it. Sounds like you might be the sort of guy willing to drive a minor such as myself across state lines in hopes of meeting a celebrity. Even better. I'll drive you directly to my own house with the promise of meeting a celebrity there. Can he skateboard and or is he John Lorquette? I'm fairly certain the answer to one of those questions is yes. Well, as a teenager, I'll just assume those 50-50 odds are going to land in my favor. And with that lack of follow-up clarification, we cut to commercial. Today's episode is being brought to you by my depressing inability to find personal meaning in a world where live performance isn't an option. It's literally the main reason this podcast exists in the first place. 
Occasionally, I have someone send me a tip which prevents me from addressing this fact head on, but this week, that did not happen. So if you'd like to avoid any statements of personal analysis in the future and just get back to the yuck yucks, then consider sending me a tip on Venmo at US of AJ, or at least give me a five-star review on iTunes to help fill the void left in my heart where audience applause or internal feelings of self-worth would otherwise live. Alright, let's get back to the show because I honestly don't know what else to do. All right. We return from that clear example of my inability to find that elusive overlap on the Venn diagram of art, entertainment, business, and I guess apparently therapy to see Joe still working on the door mechanism. He looks up momentarily through the glass to see George is finally finally being led away by some hotshots assistant to finally sell away his company. Joe talks to himself as he continues to work on the door. Well, I disconnected that. I bypassed the initial relay, so I... I guess there's just one thing left to do. Joe lifts the bike over his head and chucks it at the glass door. It bounces off, but then the door miraculously opens as a security guard sticks his head out. Hey, no throwing bikes at the door. That's against company policy. Oh, I'm sorry. I was just trying to cause a big enough scene to get someone to open the door. Well, although I do appreciate being referred to as a someone, uh, I, I still can't let you in unless Jeffrey gives the okay. A security guard looks back at Jeffrey at reception to see him giving them both a death stare. Oh, come on. Listen, I need to get in there in order to stop a small independent coffee shop owner from making a terrible mistake. Oh, you shouldn't have told me that. Looking out for the little guy is also against company policy. Sounds like you know company policy pretty well. Well, it's company policy that I know company policy. Well, are there any loopholes that a fellow someone could exploit to get inside? Well, maybe, but I don't see why I should tell him to you. I'll continue to show you the basic respect that I believe should be afforded all human beings. Oh, you seem like the sort of guy who would do that irregardless, but I I, I guess it wouldn't hurt to tell you. After all, uh, you'd have to be some kind of high-flying BMX artist in order to exploit these specific loopholes. And judging by your suit, I'm assuming you're more of a corporate sellout type who just happens to chuck BMX bikes at doors. (laughs) Joe raises his eyebrow uh, because this security guard just stepped in a horse-sized turd of dramatic irony. <laughs> Cut to interior, a house. AJ and the random driver number four are walking down some stairs towards an ominous basement door. Basically, I started hosting a weekly poker game down here in my basement, and then all of a sudden, this guy just started showing up. Oh, that makes sense. Random pickup games of poker with the common folk are like crack cocaine to these rich Hollywood types. I don't have a large enough sample size to refute that. Is that how you think science works? I mean, I obviously just made that up. I believe whatever someone tells me unless I personally have evidence to refute it. Uh, Whether or not they themselves have presented any initial credible evidence seems unimportant. Oh, Jesus, I could forgive that reasoning if you were just a teenager, like I definitely am, but you're an adult. Whatever. I mean, do you, do you want to meet Tony Hawk and help save coffee or not? Not Tony Hawk? What, what a serendipitously <laughs> perfect celebrity for this particular event. And that's me, a teenage skateboarder who definitely knows the names of other extreme sports celebrities saying that. Random driver number four reaches for the door. Hey, uh, Mr. Hawk, I've got someone here who could use your help. The door swings open to reveal a man who is obviously not Tony Hawk, but might be Norm McDonald sitting at a table shuffling cards. Uh, hey there, dudes. Uh, it's me, uh, Tony Hawk. Ka, ka. 
that's uh, the the sound a hawk makes. So uh, then I made it. <laughs> you were you were there. You get it. <laughs> uh, thank you for that. All right, uh, damn it, random driver number four. That's Norm Macdonald, not one of the greatest skateboarders of all time. Oh, do you have any evidence? Uh, I got some evidence. I, I've never died skateboarding. Uh, that's a, a sign of a great skateboarder right there, right? Also, I've memorized most, but not all, mind you, of Avril Lavigne's Skater Boy. Something only someone truly dedicated to the craft of skateboarding would do. If you're Tony Hawk, then do a trick. AJ tosses a skateboard at Norm. Uh, any particular one? I, I actually don't know the real names of them. It's something we established <laughs> earlier, so I'll, I'll accept pretty much anything. Uh, all right. Norm awkwardly steps on the skateboard, and after a moment of getting his balance, he very gently kicks off with one foot so the board slowly glides forward. I call this trick rolling. Have you heard of this? Yeah. Random yeah. driver number four applauds the achievement yeah. as AJ hangs his head in defeat. Cut to interior, fancy conference room. It's a fancy conference room with one of those fancy big tables where someone obviously said, you know what, I've already bought enough cars, I'd rather spend this money on a table. Uh, the head of corporate coffee sits drinking tea, because this guy doesn't even like coffee, he's a big old fraud. He's surrounded by lawyers, on uh, the other si and on the other side sits the small coffee shop owner, George. Uh, I hope you don't mind that we kept you waiting, George. I, I was using uh, the time to stare blankly into space, hoping my children will one day consider me an interesting person, despite the fact that I have shown them no emotion except anger and have assisted very little in their upbringing. Now, uh, shall we go ahead and sign the papers? I, I, I certainly can't think of a reason not to. Just then, a crash of glass is heard and a bike falls on the <laughs> table from out of the sky. Or here, Joe Anderson rappels down after it. <laughs> hey. Don't sign those papers until you've heard my proposal, George. Ah, uh, damn it! Oh, my kids told me I should have included no throwing bikes at the skylights in addition to the doors in the company policy. And did I listen to them? Of course not! They are my children! <laughs> One of the fancy lawyers leans in from the side. Uh, sir, would you like us to call security to have this man escorted out? Oh, I'm not sure. I mean, I, after all, he is in a suit, so, uh, you know, maybe he's supposed to be here. <laughs> Joe takes a thermos out that he's secretly been hiding under his suit coat, coat this whole time. George, taste this. Taste this, George. This is good coffee. If you start selling coffee like this, people might actually start buying it. Instead of just using your shop as a place to write terrible scripts for their stupid podcast, then you won't have to sell the store. George sips the coffee. Ah, holy crap, is, is that what coffee is supposed to taste like? That, that could help fill the void of no longer feeling young, free, and invincible. Exactly. Sell this instead of your store, and in two to three years, you might actually start making a profit. Oh, so I, but I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't make money immediately. Well, no, you'd basically be starting over and almost no business actually makes money the first year. Ah, well, uh, it, these guys are, they're actually offering me a, a pretty insane amount of money just because uh, I'm in a good location and have also uh, agreed, th they've also agreed to keep on all my employees. So I, I, I was really just kind of hoping that you'd, uh, you'd match their offer and maybe buy the store yourself instead of just uh, suggesting long-term business improvements. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, I guess I didn't really learn any of the specifics of the existing deal before formulating my plan. How much How much are they offering? Uh, George slides a piece of paper over in front of Joe. Oh, come on. 
I, I, I know the term absurd amount of money varies quite a bit person to person, but I think it's safe to say that anyone would think that fits the bill, and there's and there's no need to say it out loud. So, random skylight man, can you match that number right now, or should we continue with our business? I invoke the 24-hour rule. Ah, yes. A classic rule of business that requires me to grant 24 hours leeway to anyone who wants to ruin the deal. I, I know it well! <laughs> the same lawyer as before leans in. Uh, sorry to interrupt again, sir, but that's not actually... No, silence! A... Uh, uh, just because you got your Juris Doctorate past the bar and I hired you as one of my lawyers doesn't mean I actually want your legal opinion. Son? Sorry, Dad. Oh, why can't nepotism ever be as fun as it is to say? Oh. Anyways, you have 24 hours, Mr. Anderson. Everyone stands to leave. Looks like we're switching to the backup plan. I sure hope AJ has found a decent celebrity. Cut to interior car. AJ is sitting in awkward silence in the backseat of random driver number four's car next to Norm McDonald. <laughs> uh, hey, uh, have you guys ever just lied for no reason? <laughs> that sounds like something adults do. I, however, am a teenager. All right, yeah, me neither. But uh, here's something you wouldn't expect. I... Tony Hawk just forgot how to skateboard. Now, I hope that doesn't put a damper on this event we're heading to. <laughs> Cut to exterior outside of the coffee shop. The car pulls up to the front of the coffee shop as uh, the skater kids from earlier are eating Doritos and doing some tricks on the ramp they've constructed on top of the roof as a small crowd gathers below. Joe flies over the ramp and then removes uh, both bike wheels midair. He transforms the remaining frame into a hang glider with an old blanket he just happened to have laying around. Uh, there's just a smattering of polite applause, though, as Joe then gently floats down to the uh, in front of the car just as AJ steps out. AJ, thank goodness you're here. Listen, I'm giving these guys my best stuff, but they're hungry for star power. To put it in layman's terms, it's kind of like the college comedy market where the quality of the act is severely undervalued compared to name recognition. Well, I think that's a comparison almost anyone can relate to. <laughs> uh, yeah, I sure hope you got a well-known BMX or skateboarding celebrity. Uh, yeah, maybe we should have communicated via text or something before I actually got here. Norm opens the door on the other side of the car. Uh, hey, dude, uh, it's me, Tony Hawk. Uh, uh, you want to see me roll? It's a, it's a trick I invented earlier. I'm sorry, Joe. I know he's not really Tony Hawk. Hey, AJ, in all honesty, Norm MacDonald pretending to be Tony Hawk is a way bigger celebrity get than I had any right to expect of a teenager who was assigned with this task less than 24 hours ago. Norm can slowly roll in towards the crowd. A good portion of them are legitimately excited. Hey, don't use up all your cheers yet, dudes. Uh, it's going to take me a while to get over there. And, and after that, I'm going to sit down and uh, contemplate all my decisions up to this point. I bet that's a trick you've never seen a skateboarder do in front of you. Uh, but it happens all the time in private. <laughs> the crowd lowers their applause appropriately, okay. and a few of them toss money into one of the empty bags of Doritos some of the other kids are now passing around. But he might not be able to skateboard, but when it comes to tempering enthusiasm for his own work, the man's a master. Yeah, unfortunately, it still doesn't seem like it's going to be enough to raise the absurd amount of money we need. Just then, a limo pose up, pulls up, and the hotshot Mr. Businessman and his lawyer son and the coffee shop owner George step out. Oh, well, you still have some time left on the 24-hour clock, but based on the level of celebrity spectacle, I'm going to assume this was your final attempt. So, uh, how about it, Joe? Were you, were you able to match their offer? In some ways, George, I surpassed it. Not in terms of money, 
In terms of money, we're not even close. But in terms of goodwill and support of the community, my gosh, we're practically billionaires. Joe motions to the crowd who still only seems mildly amused. Norm stops trying to roll to them. Yeah, it might actually be faster if I just walk, you know? Uh, that's another trick I know how to do. <laughs> oh, okay, well, I'd, I'd much rather have the money, so... Uh, son, hand this man some business papers. Uh, the lawyer's son produces a clipboard when suddenly from out of the crowd bursts Damien, the goth emo guy from the first scene. Oh, not so fast, dad, and also lawyer brother. Oh, man, wait, this guy's related to you, too? What a small world. I showed him some basic human decency just earlier today. You sure did, Joe. That's why I'm going to use my trust fund to help you match my father's offer. Wow. I guess it really does pay to be kind to people. You know, when I- I'll raise my offer. What? What? I'll I'll, I'll raise my offer uh, so that I still win. I mean, business is, it's about uh, two things, Mr. Anderson. Having the most money already and never letting your children beat you. Now, come on, George, let's go get you paid. George and the corporate business uh, people pile back into the limo and peel off backwards down the street because uh, trying to turn one of those things around, it's, it's probably a slow process that would make for bad television. <laughs> AJ, Damien, and Joe stare down the street as they drive off. So, Joe, what should we do with all the money we raised? I mean, I guess we could just open our own coffee shop and compete against this newly formed corporate entity on weekly adventures. I'm willing to throw in all that. Sweet. That's what we'll do then. That'll be the thing. Maybe Norm MacDonald will continue to be involved. Who knows? Now, who wants coffee? Joe turns to the crowd, holding thermos full of coffee in the air. They all cheer and boom, credits roll with this new entrepreneurial spirit established. We did it. <laughs> I mean, he the thermos with enough coffee for everyone. For everyone. <laughs> I did wonder when you asked, so do people know that, so like about the questions that you ask? Uh, they, they know that I send people a form ahead of time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So and there was one where it was like, is there an impression that you do or do badly or would be right. just willing to do? And I don't, I don't really do any, but Norm <laughs> McDonald was one that I did a long time ago because I was watching, I was watching him on Letterman and Letterman was doing like an impression of him or something. And he was explaining that all the way that he, so people talk about how, like when you're doing impressions that you like, you find a key phrase right. that kind of like gets you into that character. And for Norm MacDonald, it was always um, say, saying something like, and they were a whore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is his delivery. Yeah. yeah. I was excited when you wrote that down because <laughs> We've traveled around for a while, and I was like, I haven't heard Joe do like a lot of specific impressions. Uh, and it brought me great joy to hear you actually deliver it. It was, uh, Good. Good. It was there quality. Were a couple, there were a couple lines where I was like, oh, that was probably some of my best Norman McDonald work. <laughs> Um, well, I feel privileged to have been a part of that. Yeah, good. Um, is, like, is there anything like, you wish had been included in the in this that wasn't? Um, I mean, I don't. I mean, you you hit pretty much all of <laughs> my main buttons. So, um, I like the uh, I like the almost inclusion of Tony Hawk. Right, that was very fun. So. Right, because you've worked with him before, right? 
I I have so I, like I kind of vaguely knew him like had met him back when I was doing more bike stuff right like back in my, that other part of my life but then uh there was a movie that is I mean it is I don't yeah it's Can awful. you plug this movie? Yeah. Um and it's called it's called Skate Dog spelled of course with the number 8 and with a w in the dog so d a w g and uh they Tony Hawk was in Detroit doing some kind of benefit thing and somehow someone found out that that was happening. And so the production company drove over to Detroit without any asking like Tony Hawk, no one had any idea this was happening (laughs) and they go up to him and they're like, yeah, we're shooting this movie called skate dog, you know, where this bulldog saves a skateboarding company because he can skate. Um, uh, and that was that was a winning pitch. That was right. something you told someone was told and was like, yes, someone was told that and said yes. Um, and then uh, Tony Hawk, when he was being told this, I was next to the person telling them that. And I saw his eyes quickly glaze over. I mean, because he's, you know, he's done everything. He's, right. I, you know, like multi multi millionaire. And I like kind of pulled him aside and i kind of reminded him of like how i knew him where Mm. which was like 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 at least legitimized something i guess um but i can't anyway so then i just jumped to so in the scene basically they wanted him to like they wanted tony hawk to skate up say something to my character and then skate away in reality what happened was he skated up said the line to me skated away literally skated to his car and drove away <laughs> like he was making it clear like we're not doing another yeah. take <laughs> oh that would have been such a better moment <laughs> just him just like pick up the board and get into a car yep yeah oh delightful well yeah. all right is there anything you want to plug on um, before i say this episode's officially over there's actually still a couple other um there's a couple of our don't we boys sketches that we that we haven't put out yet still that we taped. So nice. I probably should put those out on the old tubes or something. The, so. Yeah. On the old interwebs. Oh. Yeah. Nice. Make all that internet money. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Thank you. Thank you for being on the podcast, Joe. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Mm-hmm.